Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich, and I'm so excited to be with a new friend today. I'm going to get to meet her in person here in the next month or so. Thera Reinitz from Texas. Welcome. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. We have a similar background. You're sitting in front of stacks and stacks of books, and so am I. So I think we are destined to be friends. We um, we have come together because we are going to be at possibly two conventions together, maybe one. I don't know. I should have probably asked you. Together this year later in Texas, and one of the conventions is in Houston and one's in Dallas, and they're coming up. And so what I've been trying to do on the podcast this year is to highlight the geographical area of these conventions and then also talk a little bit about them. So Thera is a part of THSC, which stands for Texas Homeschool Coalition, and they put on two conferences every year, right? Two? Yes. Uh huh. Because Texas is huge. So I'm just a volunteer. I'm just a volunteer right now. I used to work on their events team years ago before I was married, and I just love their events so much that I just, they can't get rid of me. I just keep volunteering. <laughs> Well, so I texted my friend Stephanie, who works for THSC, and I said, I, I'm really hoping to do a podcast. It's kind of last minute. Oh, I'm always kind of last minute. But do you have anyone in mind that could talk about cool things in Texas? And she immediately sent me back your name. And then I've gone down the rabbit hole on your fantastic website, which is called healthandhomeschool.com. So many fantastic resources there. And then on your Instagram as well. So it's been fun getting to know you in this stalker sort of way before we got a chance to meet in person. I have to say, like, when I saw a thousand hours outside is now following you on Instagram, I did have like a little fangirl moment. I'm like, <laughs> she's following me. That's great. Oh, so hopefully we're going to get to meet in person. I just want to throw the details out there right here at the beginning because these conventions are just fantastic. And you're going to talk today about how do you even do a convention? I think that's one of the things that you talk about because it can be overwhelming. But I do remember the first convention that I went to is when our oldest was eight years old and he's almost 15 now. And it really changed my life. And we hardly did anything. We just kind of bopped into a couple different things. And the Texas Homeschool Coalition convention saying is ordinary parents raising extraordinary kids. And mm -hmm. I just, that's so cool. Isn't that the mm -hmm. truth? We're all such ordinary parents. But I think through giving kids all this time and resources and chance to grow and all of those things, it really helps them to be extraordinary. So the first conference is coming up real soon. It's in Dallas, Fort Worth area, April 27th to 29th. And then the next one is in Houston from June 1st to 3rd. It's a two-day convention with extra things on Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're reasonably priced and people can find those at thsc.org slash events if they want to sign up. So I'm getting that out of the way so people know where to go. Health and homeschool, thsc.org. And Thera, you are a second generation homeschooler. And so is your husband. So for people who don't know, tell us what that is. Okay, so it's pretty simple. It just means that I was homeschooled and now I homeschool. And honestly, my dad was in the Marines and I went to kindergarten at a public school and it was actually the teacher that said, hey, I think y'all should consider other options for her. Just because that was my bent, I went into kindergarten already knowing how to read and other things. And so she said, I think that she's going to end up being a teacher's helper um, mm. because there's so many kids that need my attention. And so wow. my parents were like, okay, well, we'll look into it. Anyway, my mom found out about homeschooling through Focus on the Family back in the day. And my dad was like, no way, this is illegal. I'm going to get kicked out of the military. Not going to happen. So my mom just started praying about it. And she's like, I really feel like this is the right choice. And they actually went to a convention in California. And that is what convinced my dad. And if you talk to him now, it was like his idea in the first place. But... <laughs> <laughs> he takes credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a convention and going there and seeing all these other homeschoolers. So it can feel really isolating, especially if it's your first time. You don't have any friends or family members that do this. And this was back in the you know 80s. And so it wasn't nearly as mainstream. But going to a convention, hearing the speakers, getting the vision of like what that uh, little tagline says about ordinary parents with extraordinary children and allowing them to be all that God has for them to be. 
Um, that was what really just after that, he was like, yeah, we're going to do this and it's going to be awesome. And so we never looked back. They actually gave all of us kids an opportunity if we wanted to in high school to go to a school, mostly for sports or scholarship, that kind of thing, because it was a different time back then. Mm -hmm. There wasn't as much option, but all of us chose to keep homeschooling, which I think says a lot. So yeah, that's all that means. (laughs) I think it says a lot too, when you choose that for your own family. And it is a high percentage of people who homeschool that choose to homeschool their kids. And they they don't say it's perfect. We have some friends that are second generation homeschoolers. It's almost like you're in a, you should be in a museum. People are very fascinated with second generation homeschoolers because they're homeschooling and they're thinking, is my kid going to turn out? This is the big question, right? And so then, you know, you're really fascinated with someone who has gone through and, and they have this normal looking life. So it's encouraging, but we have friends that are, second generation homeschoolers and they don't say it was perfect and they do some things that are a little bit different. They've made some different choices in terms of curriculum or philosophy or things like that, but it seems like they tend to choose it for their own families as well. And then your husband also is a second generation homeschooler. Yeah, he is too. Yeah. That was one of the conversations we had before we got married because I was really passionate about homeschooling and I had worked in the schools and there were some amazing kids I worked with and amazing teachers, but I just knew that it wasn't something for my kids. And that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> but yeah, sure. um, so it was one of the things that I was like, hey, how do you feel about this? And he was homeschooled as well. And he was like, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And the thing is, people hear that second generation homeschool and they're like, oh, well, she's a pro. She knows how to do all this. But no, I'm asking all the same questions because every parent cares about their kids and they're asking the same thing. And, and I may be coming from a slightly different context, but it is amazing how much we just culturally are sort of, I don't know, brainwashed, I guess, to like think learning goes in this little box. And mm-hmm. even I, who was homeschooled, I'm like, okay, we have to sit down. And we, I was recreating public school, which I had not even had that for myself, but it's just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? And it took some time to realize like, what am I doing? This is not what I want to do. And it was through veteran homeschoolers being like, hey, yeah, let's look at this a little differently. And I still have to like, every once in a while, I'll get into the mode of, we haven't gotten all the things done on the schedule that we're supposed to do and realize like, no, that's not what this is about. And learning looks different. And I have one kid who loves and really needs outside time. And it's hard to factor that. What grade do you get on that? You know, and it's <laughs> into your schedule of your curriculum plans. Right. So I'm asking the same questions. I'm, I struggle with the same things that everyone else does. I just have maybe a little bit more confidence that in the end it works mm. than people who start out. But I think we all have, you know, the same questions for our kids. So I wanted to throw that out there because I think a lot of people can just think, oh, well, you know, she can, of course, do it because she was homeschooled. So she's a pro. But that's not really that's not the case. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that interesting? And I've got the opposite end. I used to teach in the public schools. And so sometimes people think that as well. They think, oh, well, you were a teacher, so, you know, and and I say, no, this is completely different. That skill set of taking a large group of children and moving them through like an assembly line and they're all coming from different places and backgrounds and foundational skills and trying to move them through this set of curriculum that they don't want to do. That's a totally different skill set. You didn't pick that for them. You might not even be passionate about that. And I also, I went to school to be a teacher as well. And I tell people I had to kind of like unlearn a lot of the things that I had been taught Mm -hmm. just because it is for a totally different context. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think that this is a, a tricky conversation because Obviously, not everyone listening homeschools. I think that a lot of people do. And I think that a lot of people are searching for answers about it. And then some people are not at all. But, you know, homeschooling is an extension of parenting. And so I always have felt that these conventions or these conversations, they have wisdom and they have a path forward really for anyone. You can you can get things out of any of these conversations because homeschooling is is parenting plus. I mean, that's really what it is. And some people have a lot of plus, like a lot of instruction that they do in their home. And some people have very little. Uh, That approach is called unschooling, where it's more of a guidance. And and there's all sorts of philosophies about it. But at its core, it's parenting. Yeah, It's ordinary parents who are spending childhood with their kids. And so 
there is a lot that people can get out of it for whatever time that they do have with their kids to make those decisions. And I, I love that you said, what grade do you get for your outside time? So that's something I'm going to mull over. Maybe we can make a tier. It's like, this is an <laughs> <Yeah>. A+. Plus. <laughs> a plus. Did yeah. you play yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that honestly, I think especially people that don't homeschool, I mean, everyone can benefit, but especially people that don't homeschool can benefit from the kind of things we're talking about today and the kind of things that you share in a thousand out hours outside because they get that instructional academic time, right? Yeah. That is covered. But what about all the other part that they don't? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where parents can really step in and prioritize that not only after school, but when they're considering things like vacations, when they're considering family time to be able to really stop and say, okay, what are they getting already at school and how can I provide all the other things that are needed. Yeah. So I think it's super valuable no matter who you are. Yeah, because your childhood is pretty imbalanced. I think that's the thing. I was actually just reading, oh, I'm in the process of writing a book, Farah, and I am in the last <laughs> in the last of it of the all the the references. Yeah, this yeah. is like my this is my worst nightmare come true. I when I used to write papers in school, I first of all I hated it. And second, I hated the APA citation. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is my worst thing. So I'm right at the end, but I'm having to flip back through all these books. And what page was this quote on? <laughs> it's very laborious. But I just read the other day about how the school day in the past couple decades has increased two hours. The school day has increased two hours from what it used to be. And, and obviously homework has increased as well. And so I do think we're at this point of imbalance. And there's this author who is <laughs> kind of controversial. So I only usually talk about him in homeschool circles. But, you know, if people are kind of interested, his name is John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was a school teacher for 30 years. So kind of like the school teacher that stepped in and said to your parents, hey, you should look into homeschooling. It might be a good route for these reasons. John Taylor Gatto was a public school teacher and an accomplished one at that. I think he was New York State Teacher of the Year, possibly more than once out of the entire state of New York. He gets this Teacher of the Year award. So he was an accomplished teacher and he... I'm not going to say the title of his book. You're going to have to go look it up. He's got several. <laughs> you may know it if you homeschool and you're listening. But one of the things he talks about is that he says there is ample research to show that it only takes 50 contact hours for a child to become functionally literate. And so what he means by that is so that they have enough reading, writing, and math skills so that they can learn anything they would ever want to learn from there. 50 yeah. hours. So that's one and a half weeks of school. Mm -hmm. So is this this imbalance, right? We're sending kids for 13 years. And he says, no, it's 50 hours. And then they can learn whatever they want to learn. And in a rapidly changing world, you want them to be able to learn whatever they want to learn. So it's just an interesting thought. Like, I think your point was a really good one. We have to look at what time do we have and how are we structuring that to make sure that we are helping raise these whole children that are healthy in every sense? And we're definitely not there right now as a society. The mental health crisis for kids is worse than it's ever been. The obesity is worse than it's mm -hmm. ever been. And so I think we're struggling and we got to bring back some balance. So homeschool conventions, even yeah. if you're not a homeschooler or especially if it's something that you're considering. A lot of times people at the conventions are parents that have three and four-year-olds and they're coming to get a little bit of a jump start on, you know, what should I be thinking through? So anyway, a lot of homeschool talk. Just last thing on that. I think so much of the convention is valuable. I encourage people to go when you have young kids because I remember going even as a teen with my mom and there's stuff that I learned that was so valuable. And I'm so glad that I learned as a young parent, you know, with young children, I wasn't actually a young parent, but with young children, because then you, you have it from the beginning rather than being like, man, I wish I would have known such right. and such thing when my kid was a toddler and realizing there's so much just good parenting. And then also what better time to research what you're going to do with your child's education, what choice you're going to make than before you have to make it and the pressure's on, right? Right. So go early and decide like, hey, what do I actually think about that? Start these conversations and start thinking about what do I believe about education before you have the pressure that, oh my gosh, they're about to be five, they're about to be six, right. or, you know, 
behind. So I think it's super, super important Mm. to start thinking about that before. I mean, it is it is one of the biggest decisions that we make as a parent, if not the biggest decision, because it's their childhood time. And we're talking 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 hours. There's different statistics out there. It should be easy to figure out how many hours actually. I read read actually the other day that it's half their waking hours. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's a helpful thing to think about is just half their waking hours. That makes sense. And then a lot of the other time is going to screens and things. So it really is a big decision. And when you go to a convention, this is one of the things that you talk about. And actually, you have really good advice for going to a convention for anything. People go to conventions for all sorts of things. And you have on your website, you have sort of these steps on how do you do a convention? I liked what you said. You said, well, first of all, your mom never skipped. And I think that's interesting that every year you need that bit of encouragement. You see these other people that are doing the same thing as you. I think that's one of the coolest parts too, is it's this vibrant, high energy, lots of people situation. So your mom never missed. And then you said, but one of the comments that you hear is that people don't go because they feel like it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it sort of is, right? It's two days, you get this book, there's all these speakers, there's all these add-on things. And so what advice do you give a parent who's thinking, okay, okay, now I wanna go also get your tickets because these things are selling out. I've actually been to, they already won this year, sold out. People thought they could get tickets at the door, it was already sold out. This next one coming up that I'm going to is a vendor hall is sold out. So these things are selling out, the hotels are selling out. Goodness, I'm speaking at a, at a conference in at the end of May, Memorial Day weekend. The hotel is already sold out. So wow. you have to get your tickets for these conventions because you might not be able to otherwise. But if someone was on the fence, oh, you know, it's, I feel overwhelmed. What advice would you give them? Okay, well, first of all, I would say for specifically to THSC, there is an actually a new to homeschool portion on Thursday that you can go to. And it's going to be a little bit of brain overload, but they're going to go through all the main questions that new people have, like about the legal aspect. How do you pick curriculum? Um, what are the philosophies? What about, all, you know, tailoring that to your children, whether you have special needs or whether you have gifted kids or multiple kids. So that's something, first of all, that I would look into because I think um, it could be really valuable Um, And we've had people come who didn't even think they were going to homeschool. Last year, we had a lady who had an awesome story. She just came to be supportive to her friend. And then by the end of it, she's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. This is the right thing for my family as well. So that would be one thing. The other thing is I would just say, just like in any other context, take the pressure off, just go and be there to be like a sponge. You know, you're not going to understand and come out having uh, basically you've conquered homeschooling. You understand now all that there, there is to know about it, but you just take in what's there. So go through, uh, usually they have some type of schedule that tells you different speakers and things like that. Look at it beforehand, check off. Okay. This sounds interesting. This sounds applicable to my family or my situation so that you know, so you're not getting there. And then there's all the rooms and all this, you know, things going on. And you're like, I don't even know what I would be interested in. Look beforehand, do that little bit of research will really make a big difference. And then if you can, I always think it's great to go with either your spouse or a friend so that you Mm -hmm. have a buddy, you know, with you, you're not just alone in a sea of strangers wanting to, you know, figure everything out. Um, And also that way, if there's more than one thing you're interested in, you could even split up and then talk about it later. Um, So those are a couple of things. Another thing I would really uh, probably consider, my husband would be proud of me for saying this, is know your budget before you go in. Because (laughs) when you go into that vendor hall, there's so many amazing things and all of them seem like the perfect thing that is exactly what you've been looking for. And you can come out and then realize like, what did I even buy? You know, Mm. and I definitely encourage people to buy things there because you're able to actually, you know, look at it, talk to the professionals who know all about it. um, Look at different levels all at one time. I'm the kind of person who does better when I can actually flip through the physical copy. But again, know, okay, this is my budget. This is kind of what I'm looking for so that you can dial in a little bit instead of you walk in and it's like any of these booths could be the one I should go to, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you know, I'm looking for math or I'm looking for even just amazing read alouds, that's going to help you 
go through and say, okay, these are the ones that I probably want to start looking at first Mm -hmm. and then walk around. I don't get overwhelmed at vendor halls super easy because I love books and curriculum, whatever. So I usually just like do a walkthrough. I buy nothing. (laughs) I think that's what pretty much everyone does. I do not allow myself to buy anything unless it would be like, oh my gosh, I have been looking for this for years. Here it is. Okay, I'm going to buy it. Probably the only thing that happens is sometimes things do sell out. We have that. Yes. People yes. come back at the end and it's gone. The color they want is gone because people yes. are traveling with a limited amount of space. And so well, it's, it's a tricky balance. Only the first time I walk through, not like the first day, it's just the first walk through, which, you know, maybe takes me 30 minutes. And then I U-turn and walk through and then I start buying. <laughs> but, yeah. but it can be helpful if you feel overwhelmed to kind of get the lay of the land. So those are a couple of my words of advice, I guess. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I wanna make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Yeah, they're great words of advice. And the new to homeschool for THSC is on Thursday. It's on Thursday from 12 to 5. It's a five hour event. It's only $30. So what a deal to be able to go and do that. And then you offer a lot of different options. Like there, you could do a shoppers only pass if you just wanted to see the vendor hall. There's free shopping on Thursday night for a couple hours. So, but you have to have a ticket. So you got to go to the website and check that out. Well, and also during the new to homeschool, something, if you are overwhelmed by the vendor hall, um, something they do is they actually are going to do a digital kind of walkthrough where they take you through and say, okay, these are the different vendors and this is what each of those sell. Because if you're brand new and you hear certain companies, you're like, I have no idea. Okay. A gentle feast. What is that? I have, Mm -hmm. is that something about food? Like, (laughs) yeah, sure. Whereas I would like a gentle feast. (laughs) Yeah, some of us are already familiar, so it doesn't feel overwhelming. So that's another benefit to new to homeschool. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We will be there. We just got in sleeping bags. And so we took sleeping bags to the first conference that we did uh, last month. And we didn't sell any sleeping bags. But there's (laughs) 
they're so cool. So, but it's not really, my husband Josh was like, this is probably not what people are looking for when they come to a homeschool convention. But, you know, you you might be able to go home with a sleeping bag. I mean, it's heading yeah. into the summer. My, hus- my husband would be there for it. <laughs> he loves to backpack and he's always looking That's for That's so cool. You probably back. don't even need sleeping bags in Texas, though. I would I would guess it's so hot in the summer, maybe in the That's winter. Right. Month. It depends on, we don't usually camp in the summer. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would guess that. Yeah. So you have on your website, you have a convention roadmap. And I think that's worth looking into if you're going to any convention, but certainly one of these homeschool conventions. And and I just want to tell a quick story. We first went to a homeschool convention, like I said, when our oldest was eight. And we had a, bu- a bunch of younger kids at the time. And it was total chaos. But it really changed my perspective. I sat in. So, okay, so there I sat, you know, you have this workshop guide and there's probably a hundred options. And because our kids were little, they wouldn't go in the kids' class. I sat in one half of one session. That's all I sat in. But I got so much out of it. And the speaker, his name is Steve Demi. So he uh, founded a, a math program that I think they use in homeschools and I think they use in yeah, yeah. other schools too. It's called Math UC, M-A-T-H, the letter U, Math UC. And then they also have Spelling UC. But he was there. And because I knew kind of who he was because we were using his math curriculum, I went to his and he said, the hardest thing about homeschooling, and I think this is a big statement, right? Like, if you want to know what is the hardest thing about homeschooling, and he said, it's toddlers. And then I just felt so relieved because I was like, well, that's why this feels hard. I have like four toddlers, you know, I have three or four toddlers. I, they're all toddlers, you know, and I have this one older one. So, you know, they're all little. And as we've grown, I do think that that statement is fairly accurate. We don't have toddlers anymore. And this is a whole lot easier. So I just think sometimes we look at something like a convention and think, oh, I have to go to everything in order to get the most out of it. Maybe that's part of the society that we live in too. It's like, you gotta get the best out of everything, the most, everything. But but sometimes one word, one sentence, yeah. one concept will completely change your life. And that's what happened with me with Steve Demi. And actually, embarrassingly, Thera, I saw him, it was a couple years later, and I was speaking at the same conference that he was at. And I walked up to him, I wanted to, and I take people to his booth a lot because I like, um, for a personal yeah. level, I like that program because it's quick. And I used to teach math and it spirals. And so it's been a good fit for our family. So sometimes I'll walk people over to his booth and he was there. And so I just really quick wanted to tell my story. And I started like sobbing. So embarrassing. <laughs> I like, didn't think I was going to be emotional, but it really changed my life. That one half of one session. Yes, it is. And I guarantee you, we're not the first one who's ever done that because I feel like I don't know. I would even go as far to say every single year that I go, I feel like the Lord shows me something and it, it may not be some huge groundbreaking thing. It could be like, you're saying just one statement that someone makes or one encouragement that someone says during a talk or, or just one statistic. It could be anything that real really is what you need to hear in that moment, whether it's, yeah, about parenting or homeschooling specifically, I could tell several stories of situations kind of like you're talking about where it seems like not a big deal, but it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And I will say um, also a plug for something really cool at DHSC is they have a teen staff program. So if you have older kids and it's not just like, oh, teens go and play or whatever, they actually, they do have (laughs) workshops, but they actually are a part of the events team. So they have tasks wow. to do and teens love to feel like they're a part, right? They want to be given a job and to do it well. And then, mm-hmm. so they put them in teams and they have really cool names and they have fun, like team building activities, but then you'll also see them around and they are so helpful and doing all these cool things to make the whole thing run. And um, that's just a really neat opportunity that I've never seen at another conference that really just allows you not only to bring your teen and put them in and okay, great. They're going to have fun, but also they're learning skills, people skills, social skills. Oh my goodness. That could lead them to recognize, Hey, I love this. And I want to do this as part of my career, or maybe I'm not so good at this, but this is a safe place for me to be able to 
put myself out there a little bit, go say hi to someone, you know, help someone who needs help. So that's another really cool thing that if you're talking about you mentioning bringing your whole family made me think of that. Mm-hmm. that they do have yeah. Kids, they do have teens. Yeah. yeah, it is really one of the really cool parts about home education is the kids have a front row seat to adult life. And when you were talking earlier about, I thought this was an interesting thing that you said, you were talking earlier about if you go to a homeschool conference, especially if you're new and you're just sort of diving into the different concepts and there are a bunch of different philosophies, which that's something that I never expected. As a public school teacher and I grew up going to school, it's like there's this one white, this is the way, this is the way that you do it. And so when I became a homeschooler, I just assumed this is the way, there is this way and you just do that one way. But that John Taylor Gatto, he says, mm-hmm. there's as many ways to become educated as there are fingerprints. So there we wow. go, that's a great yeah. saying, right? As many ways to become educated as there are fingerprints, but you step into this world and you see, oh, there's all these different ways that you can homeschool. And there's really solid research that homeschoolers do well academically. They actually do better. The long-term research shows that they do better academically, not that that's the end-all be-all, but it doesn't really matter what philosophy you use. It doesn't say only if you are classical education or only. Yeah. And even as a homeschooler, it's not like my mom said, and this is the philosophy that we use. You know, I had no idea either until I got there. And I'm like, oh, I can see that my mom, she was eclectic. So, you know, this is a little bit of Charlotte Mason. This is a little bit of classical. You know, I was able to see it as an adult, but I, it's not like I knew as a kid. Right. Right. It isn't. That's the interesting part, I think, is that the kids get a front row seat to this crafting of a life. Mm -hmm. So in situations like working at a convention when you're a teen and being exposed to these different skill sets and organizational things and what goes into this. And it's so much of adult life that they're getting exposure to in small doses as they're growing up, even if it's just a front row seat to how you're building your family and the things that you change. I guess this is what I was going back to, was you said, you're gonna to go to a conference. You're not gonna come home knowing everything. We're never gonna know everything. There's all sorts, of, I'm continuing to learn. It's such an odd thing to me, but we've been spending all this time outside now for over 10 years. And over a decade ago is when I started to read about it. And there continues to be more and more and more research just about Mm -hmm. the power of natural light and how you're supposed to be exposed to natural light in the morning. And that's what resets your body systems. That when you play outside, it helps the connections between both hemispheres of your brain. That when you Mm -hmm. walk barefoot, it's engaging both hemispheres of your brain. There's so much. So you're always continuing to learn. And I think that is a great part of it is that your kids actually get to see that. Mm -hmm. And you know that everyone is continuing to learn and continuing to grow and always making little minor adjustments in daily life. So you go to a homeschool convention, you get what you get out of it. It doesn't have to be everything. It can just well, be a small every, kid, every kid's different too. So you can have been doing everything. Hmm. It was just doing so smoothly, maybe with your oldest or whatever. And then here comes another kid and they're different. They have unique strengths and weaknesses. And so you have to tweak it. You can't just say, I bought this curriculum and we will use it for all of time. You know, like mm-hmm. it, maybe that would work or maybe you're going to have to change it. And I pretty much always tell people who ask me about curriculum, unless you wrote it yourself for your family, you're going to have to tweak it. And that's not a bad thing. There's no magical mm-hmm. curriculum that you have to change, modify, nothing. It's just perfect. And if you're looking for that, it it does not exist unless you write it yourself. So you're going to have to make little adjustments, but that's the beautiful thing about homeschooling and about being able to know your child and know, okay, this is going to work for them. This is not, or know your own schedule, you know, your own priorities to be able to say, this is going to be a good fit. This is not take what's good and leave what's bad. And the truth Mm -hmm. is teachers, even in the school do that. They just don't call us to tell us, Hey, I just want to let you know, we didn't finish all the pages or we skipped this part of the lesson. You know, they don't come tell us that. So we don't know that. But as the teacher, it can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to do this. I have to do every part. But like you said, we're constantly learning, constantly having to be able to change. And that's such a good thing. And that's a part of life, right? We are constantly going to do that as adults in work, in play all the time. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the sort of big early influencers of home education was John Holt. 
So he's another mm -hmm. one that you could look up. He's got some really good books. They don't have quite as offensive titles. Uh, one That's of them is called Learning All the Time. That's probably my favorite one of John Holtz. It's short. It's called Learning All the Time, How Young Children Learn to Read, Write, Count, and Investigate the World Without Being Taught. It's a mm -hmm. fascinating book. But he's really a big advocate for making sure that kids see adults in action and how is real world work done and part of that is that we do we change and we shift throughout the years that was something i wasn't expecting about homeschooling is that every year looks different well why well it's because you're in a different stage of life your kids are growing and you're growing and your life is changing so this is a great thing for our kids i think to see and i don't think there's anything wrong with it right it's there's nothing wrong to say oh that didn't work we're going to adjust. I think actually that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing to model. So homeschool conventions help that because they help help with that because they help to expose you to some different ideas and different things that are out there, different things that might work for your family. And they really are just fun. They're mm -hmm. very vibrant. I, that was one of the things I loved the most the first time that we went to one was, oh my goodness, there's a ton of other people doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it just helps. So it helps you to feel encouraged. One of the books you recommend, which is one of my favorites too, is Call of the Wild and Free by Ainsley Arment. And she goes through all of those different homeschool philosophies. I, you say it's my go-to recommendation for anyone thinking about homeschooling. So yeah. it's a fantastic book. Highly recommend it too. And we also love the Babies Don't Keep poem, Song for a Fifth yeah. Child. Yes, it's such a good one. It's it's such a good one. If you haven't read it, you got to look it up. Okay, I'm switching gears just a little bit because I just want to highlight that on your website, you have all sorts of information about homeschool. So if people want to go there, they want to have the conversation, they can find you at healthandhomeschool.com. You have different ways to schedule. You have a fantastic blog post that goes in depth to the different philosophies, including resources. So you'll say, okay, if you're interested in doing unit studies, here's some resources. What is that? Here's some resources that may help you. Do you have a child with special needs? Here's some resources, a whole list. These may help you. So I think that's fantastic. And then you also have on your website, amazing recipes. And you talked oh. about, I love this part that you say here's some of your best memories. This yeah. goes in. This goes in line with talking about the teens helping at convention. That some of your best memories as a child were helping in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's part of homeschool. It's part of parenting. Helping in the kitchen. You can pull in so many subjects through that, and I also think that I mean I've really never met a kid who didn't enjoy at on some level helping in the kitchen, and I think it's because when you're cooking together, that is an automatic slowdown for parents. Like you cannot mm. cook with a kid and be in a hurry, right? You have to slow down. You have to be patient. And I mean, pick a good time. Don't do it when you have, you know, 10 minutes to get dinner on the table. But the more you do it, the more they learn. And there's such a connection. I mean, I would have to look into the research, but I feel like it's kind of like when you spend time outside together, similar, like your connections are being made, memories are being made as you, as you do that together. And um, also, one of the things that I wanted to to mention with the uh, conventions and, and just time outside. And the whole thing is not only can you go and enjoy the convention, but you can make it a whole experience where you do things at convention and you enjoy that, but you also do things in the area, wherever the convention is. We that haven't even gotten to that. <laughs> We're like 45 minutes into this conversation. And this was actually the, the main thing that we were going to talk about, which was cool things to do in West Texas and pointing people your way because you have all these resources that are yet to come still about amazing things to do outside and also museums. And we're, we're still not there. Well, <laughs> so, we didn't know that we were actually secret best friends. So that's... Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw the bookshelves, though, I was like, this is it. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I totally agree, though. The, the cooking is focused time. And it's a sensory experience. And yeah. that is similar to the time outside. It's a sensory experience. There's smells. There's taste. There's there's textures and there's uniqueness and that's what we tend to remember are times that are unique and you're making something new you're trying this recipe you're making these things together the egg falls on the floor and cracks you know this is how you get all messy this is real fun and so i just wanted to highlight that you've got these fantastic recipes including homemade hawaiian rolls which is so cool uh, yeah. i definitely i'm going to try those my kids love hawaiian rolls but a lot of things on there homemade that you don't really think about making, like homemade egg rolls, bagels, 
flourless oatmeal cookies, how to make your own hot cocoa mix, which surprised me because I wouldn't think that anyone in Texas drank hot cocoa, but apparently <laughs> they do. And just awesome ideas in here for Thanksgiving. You can mark it and set it aside, but heading into the summer, especially hot summer, your own electrolyte drinks, which is such a cool idea. Yeah, well, that's because um, this is a whole nother side of me, but I definitely I'm a label reader for sure. And so if you look at some of those drinks, they are just full of junk. <laughs> and um, so I wanted to find an alternative that wasn't just chemicals and dyes. And I have one son, especially who really reacts to dyes. So that that makes you start to do the research. So, yeah, that's why I came up with that. And it's actually really good. I'm I, trying I, that. Yeah, I'm you so should. excited for the summer. Homemade, like like a homemade Gatorade, basically, or homemade power. Yeah, well, that one, I actually, I have a couple other um, just general electrolytes, but then I have on there, what is that drink called? Oh, man, now I'm not going to remember. Armor, body armor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, it's That's written on there. Great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it's cool. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, people can check that out. You also have clean beauty ideas on there. So just a lot. And what we, (laughs) our original topic of conversation, (laughs) which we have not gone to yet, which is what, what I'm excited to do is to highlight these areas that we are coming to. And we try to get outside when we come to these different areas and partake in the beauty and the unique surroundings that are there, even if it's just a few things. So tell me, so Texas is so huge. Yes. You are hours from these conventions, yes, yes. but you're still sort of in the general area. So how, how is Texas split up? How do people talk about it? Like when you say West Texas. Oh gosh. Now, now all the Texans are like, she better say this right. So there's like <laughs> West Texas, which is where I live. I feel like that, honestly, I feel like West Texas kind of gets a little bit of a bad rap because it is really rugged. We get a lot more harsher weather. So we get um, really hot, but also really cold. So we get okay. snow and things like that. That's the hot cocoa. Um, but <laughs> then there's like central Texas hill country. And I feel like a lot of times that's what people think of when they think of Texas. It's such a beautiful area and um, like blue bonnets and just mm. really, really beautiful area. And then there's East Texas, which where is where I grew up. And that's like the piney woods forest. And so lots and lots of trees and all the areas are beautiful in their own way. And then mm-hmm. there's like South Texas, which is um, that's where you're going to find a lot more of the beaches and things like that. And I probably have forgotten something. I'm sorry, all the Texas people. I didn't know that question was coming, but um, it is huge. Like you said. So when originally Stephanie texted me is like, Oh, Jenny wants to know some places to go in Texas. I'm like, uh, <laughs> this I is a really open-ended question. Yeah, I can tell you this, but it could be like eight hours from where you are, or twelve hours. So, well, I thought you were going to say the eight hours of conversation. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yes. This podcast so, is really long. Yes. So basically, um, I decided to do a series of posts on the blog about, especially with summer coming up different places you can go. And one of the things I started where I live, which is West Texas, because I feel like a lot of people neglect wherever they're from, right? Or wherever they live, because you just take it for granted, right? Like my sister lived in Seattle for a while and they never went to any of the cool places in that area unless they had guests come who wanted to see all the cool places. Mm -hmm. And that's so common, right? Like you you might have something really amazing right down the road from you and it's just common and you're just used to it. And so you never go. So I started where I am and actually was amazed at some of the cool things. Cause I wasn't raised in West Texas. So I wasn't as familiar and there's some, we have some really cool things. And then as I was doing it, I'm a big book person. So I come up with these cool outdoor family friendly places using the internet and books and all these things. And then I'm like, well, someone could just do a Google search. Like what would I do with this information? Like I want to go to these places. And then I immediately start thinking, Oh, we could read this book with this one. We could, Mm. Oh, there's that that book that we could pull in before we go here or whatever, because I'm of course making this whole list of all the places that I want to go now that are within just a few hours of me. And so when I did the post, I put the places, which are really cool, but then I also put book recommendations to go with Mm -hmm. each one. And I, I tried to do a mix some of them are picture books, but also some of them are older books. Some like older books, meaning um, chapter books for older kids. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not just going to be only a little picture book that if you have toddlers or little kids matches, although I think picture books can be great for older kids as well. I agree. I agree. I learned that from Sarah McKenzie, actually. I really liked her book. The Read Aloud Family is the name of the book. And she has a podcast and all sorts of things. Mm But the book, The Read Aloud Family, she talked about, and I had no idea. She said that these read aloud books, your your standard picture book has vocabulary that you don't hear in in the everyday conversations. A lot of them do. And so I was of the mindset of as soon as they could read, I stopped reading to them. And I missed a couple years because... Mm -hmm. Then I read her book and I was like, oh, whoops, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> this is the whole point of going to the conventions early. Yeah. Learn the things. And you continue on with these books because they bring everyone together and they're interesting and they do have just different types of word and wording and information that you might not get other places. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. When the skies open up, While others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessies Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. I love this idea. My mom has always talked about this and we've actually never talked about it on the podcast of when you visit places. There are so many times books about that particular area with yes. books, fiction, nonfiction, stories people have written in it. It's almost like you don't even know those books exist, but you go to the local bookstore, you know, because they're not on your typical, yep. they're not in Barnes and Noble, right? But when, when you right. go to a place and you go into the small bookstore, so many times, my parents will come home, you know, they'll go to Vermont and they'll come home with these books about the sound of music that you didn't even know existed but they had them in the local bookstore or you can find a mystery, a mystery mm-hmm. novel. That's all about this one city that you're in. And it really helps that information to stick. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to tell a quick story about that. It's very short. So when I was doing all the research for this post about West Texas and looking at the books to go with it, obviously I don't just have a log of all the books that could possibly use. I'm using the internet and all this anyway. And I found this book called army camels and it covers this part of history in Texas that I had no idea even existed wow. where they brought like in world war one, they brought these camels that they had used that they, I guess had no more use for to Texas in West Texas desert and used them to like carry all their army equipment and other things. And it was like this whole part of, I, I've been living in Texas for almost my whole life. And I had no idea that even existed, but here's this picture book that I found that's beautiful and tells all about it. And it's based on a true story. So that's an example. I was like, I had no idea. It's a fantastic example because that's 
do you pronounce it Monahan's? Monahan Sandhill oh, State Park. Yes. Monahan Stand, and so you can go there. So this is a place. So if I were coming through West Texas, which is, is where we're headed to, this is a place that I would be that would be high on my list because you can rent sand discs and you can ride the dunes. But then you talked about the army camel, army camels, Texas ships of the desert. What a cool subtitle for back all the way back from 1856. It just helps you to remember everything better. And I liked your one. One that stuck out to me was Big Bend National Park. So here's the national park in West Texas. And the book is Big Bend is not in London, which is cute. That's a really cute title because people are thinking Big Bend. But it's all about the Junior Ranger program. So, yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic option, too. And then you highlight, I think there was 11 here. Uh, great places for backpacking trips. Great places with swimming pools. Obviously, the sand hill, the sand, so cool. The sand dunes that you can slide down. But I, it's always hard to say the names, but Balmoria State Park. Yeah, Balmoria. Uh-huh. A natural spring-fed pool for swimming and snorkeling. I mean, how fun. There's mm-hmm. so many fantastic things on here. And then I just love the idea of reading the book that goes along with them. One of the place has a Texas state bison herd. And then you also do the same thing with museums of West Texas and you're going mm-hmm. to be expanding. Yes. And so I have to correct you here. You're actually, I wish you were, but you're not actually coming to West Texas. I will let you know about where you're going in Texas. So Houston and Dallas are not West Texas. So I love I love podcasting. Where where am I coming, Sarah? (laughs) You're coming like a lot more central and a little It feels like it's on the west. I looked at the map. So the thing is, those areas, though, like the Dallas area, those cities are big enough, Dallas and Houston area, that I'm going to do whole post just about like the DFW area. Mm-hmm. And there's more even beyond that. But just to break it up a little bit to make it a little more um, accessible for like, OK, if I'm going to the DFW area or I'm going to the Houston area, what can I do? So those are coming. I will let you know. <laughs> like, this is where you're going. <laughs> I kind of felt like it was somewhat in the similar area. Like you're five hours from Dallas. I was like, oh, this must yeah. be the place. <laughs> five or six hours from Dallas. So you could you could go ahead and make that part of your trip if you're driving, especially. But yeah. Yeah, because I want to do this swimming and snorkeling. And I want to go down the dunes on a sled. Oh, well, listen, if people want to find and, and follow along because these other summer series are coming. And obviously you could do this any time of the year. But you can follow along at health underscore and underscore, I said underscore, health underscore and underscore homeschool to see when you post these because you do a great job about posting them and you have so much more to offer. You're a semi-retired doula and you yeah. are bringing country life to the, your urban setting. So you're canning, you're getting the leftovers at the grocery store and canning them. So you have a lot going on. That wow, people can you follow. Really have been stalking me. <laughs> I have been stalking. I told you. I told you. Yeah. So basically, this whole thing started because I just wanted to. It's just. It's basically like if you follow me, you are like as if you were my friend following me around. My, <laughs> I, I like to do a lot of different things, and and I love to teach and share what I know, and so that's how this whole thing happened. So it started as just like a hobby, and it still really is a hobby. But yeah, you're going to get a variety of things that yeah. I'm interested in. So hopefully it's, it's things that could be helpful and interesting to you too. Yeah, they're super interesting and there's a lot there. So people can check that out. And we would love to see you at the convention. Are you Now, what do you do? Do you go to one? Do you go to both? Well, this year I'm not actually going to either one, which I'm super <laughs> sad. First time ever. I have a good reason. I have a good reason. It's because my husband and I were turning 40. We're both turning 40 this year. Yeah. And so we decided we wanted to go on a, on a big trip as our Mm -hmm. celebration. And so we're going to Israel. Wow. And because of that, it's just kind of messed up our travel schedule to be able to go other places because it's like right in in between sure. these two conferences. So I'm really sad that I won't. But this <laughs> we, will, we will not meet in person this year. Yeah. But yeah. maybe in the future. Yeah. In the future. And also I just pre-ordered your book. 
Oh, that's amazing. Don't work on your, um, what is it? All the it's called until the streetlights come on and I've got to go yes. work on I've got to go work on all, all of the end notes all the references it's oh, a beautiful book and I'm super excited about it I've actually hardly talked about it on the podcast at all but it's really about how a return to play it helps us right now it helps us today that's what we need but it also sets kids up for the future and so it's just it's a really inspiring book and I'm excited for it to be out in November thank you for pre-ordering that that's really helpful it's one of the things that's the most helpful for authors are those pre-orders so I really appreciate that and I'll, I'll be in Texas at both of these conferences I'm speaking I'm keynoting at both and have other workshops at both talking about all sorts of things that homeschooling you're doing it right I, they're great they're great sessions they're funny the typical thing that happens for me at conferences and I think that a lot of times especially in the homeschool world you don't really people don't really know who everyone is it's just how it goes. Nobody knows the name of this well, person or that person. New people coming all the time. Yeah, so they don't know, and that's totally understandable. But a lot of times, people will come to like a first session of mine, and then they come. They tend to come to all the rest, um, yeah. and they'll say, oh, "I was going to go to a different one, but I heard you once, so I came for all the rest." And then they're dragging their friends. So it's real. It's just fun and funny, and stories and inspiring and information and. They're great. Whether you go to my sessions or you go to someone else's or you go to none and you just come and you hang out and you embrace the environment. Uh, it's really something that's worth your time. And if you become a member of Texas Homeschool Coalition, there's, you become a member, you're helping fight for the freedoms of homeschooling, which you mentioned at the beginning, it used to be illegal. It was definitely illegal here in Michigan and kids thrive at home. There's so much research that kids thrive at home. So we wanna make sure that we have our freedoms. And by becoming a member, of a state organization like Texas Homeschool Coalition, you're helping with that. And you also get to go to the convention for free. You and someone else too. Wow, two tickets, yeah. So it's like 10 bucks more and you get you get to go to the, you go to the convention, but you also get all the benefits. I think there's legal help. There's all sorts of things that people can look at. So it's definitely yeah. something worth looking into if you live in Texas. Um, but like I said, anybody can go to these conventions, they are, I think one of the most fantastic uses of your time because what's more important than the kids that we're raising yeah. and to get this focused time once a year where we can really think we can really sit back and think you had talked about even on your blog and I know we have to wrap up here but you had talked about you know certainly there's podcasts and we love podcasts and there's all sorts of things that we can we can read and we can listen but there's something about sitting and giving focused attention and then yes. You, you then you have that time to talk about it with someone else and you you just have time to sort of process and so there's something yeah. different about being in person there just yeah. is. And the thing is there's a reason why schools have teacher in service right and they have continued education and they prioritize that and that's basically the same thing what we're doing here when, as a parent when you go to these conventions you're learning new information I mean a thousand hours outside has been around for 10 years now I was amazed mm -hmm. to hear that because yeah. I started following you like a long time ago and it doesn't feel like it was 10 years ago, but I guess maybe it was anyway. I mean, yes, it obviously was, um, but new information and, and you mentioned Sarah McKenzie and just kind of the reemergence of read aloud. And that's, yeah. if you just sat in your home and never, you know, really allowed yourself to continue your education as a parent, you would miss out on so much new yeah. information that's coming out that you can incorporate and maybe you already are incorporating and then you can feel like, wow, this is amazing. I am, you know, doing this and now I'm hearing statistics about how this is helping. I, I thought it was, but how validating to be able to say, mm -hmm. yeah. And actually now I'm seeing the science is backing that up, you know, or right. you know, education philosophies are backing that up. So right. I think there's so much to learn there. And when people like you who are specializing in one specific area and saying like, I know about this and I can tell you all the things that are about that. Like how great to learn from someone who's passionate about their subject. Right. And then be able to, to go and incorporate that in your home. I love looking at it as teacher in service, homeschool yeah. teacher in service. It's fantastic. And yeah. in fact, talking about, we don't really know who these people are. They're not household names, I guess is basically what I'm trying to say. Andrew Pudua is the head of IEW. It's the Institute for Excellence in Writing. He's, probably one of the most well-known homeschoolers, but he's yeah. not a household name necessarily, or the Steve Demi that I talked about with mm -hmm. Matthew C. And I went, the first time that I went to a homeschool conference, 
there was this huge line for Sarah McKenzie, and I didn't know who that was because they're just not household names, especially if you're new to homeschooling. I don't know right. who that is, but there's this huge line to, to meet her. And so I figured, well, obviously I have to get this book and I have to get her tote bag. And so I got it and I brought it home. And I thought, I am not reading a book about reading out loud. How can someone write an entire book about reading out loud? But it really was a life-changing book for me. And so you just never know. You never know who you're going to meet, what experiences you're going to have. But the read aloud is an adventure in and of itself that you have, especially sometimes you can't get out. Maybe you have health concerns or you have financial constraints, or maybe you're in the situation where your kids are in school and you don't have all a ton of extra time, but you do these read alouds and then your whole family knows about these different characters and you have this connection through that. I would have never thought about the power of reading out loud until I read that book. Have you read read The Enchanted Hour? No. Put it on your list. It's so good. It's all about reading aloud. And it's not, it's not in any kind of like homeschool context at all. It's just for everyone. It talks about the benefits of reading aloud, not only for kids, but for adults, for the elderly, for people who are sick. It is, it, it is an amazing book. All right. Let's do a giveaway. I oh think we should do a giveaway together and I'll get a list of books because you also have a list of books on your website, just books that have influenced you. So we can give away yeah. Ainsley's book and The Enchanted Hour and Sarah's book. This will be fun. Yeah, okay, this is great. And um, obviously we both share that love of reading because I see what's behind you. I'm reading right now. I actually got this at a little free library. Uh, oh my my mom said it was going to be a really good one. It's called Inside the O'Briens. It has a lot of cursing. So, you know, I know people. <laughs> so I'm not reading it out loud to my kids. Okay, it's, not, it's not a read aloud. Uh, oh, but it's okay. you about. Just, you know, bleep those out. Just skip that word, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. There's, it's quite a bit. My mom said that. She was like, you're going to you'll really like this and then she was like i i do kind of remember though that there is a lot of cursing in it but it's about huntington's disease it's a it's actually been very fascinating by the author who wrote still alice which also is a fascinating book i can't decide if i love that book or hate it it was kind of depressing but also i've never forgotten it so uh, we could do a big book giveaway and it'll be super fun but thera this has been i mean just the best the yes, absolute best. I can't believe that. I was like, oh, and I get to meet you, you in just a couple weeks. <laughs> Come to Michigan. Well, I'm sure that we will hook up sooner rather than later. We always end our podcast, Thera, with the same question. And the question is, what's a favorite outdoor memory of yours from your childhood? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I'll just say that the thing that just immediately popped into my mind. So like I mentioned at the beginning, My dad was in the Marines and we lived in 29 Palms, California for several years until I was 12. I was born in Texas and then we moved there. And um, Joshua Tree National Monument is right nearby. And my family, I love my parents and they, we never lacked for anything, but we didn't have a lot of money. And so one of the things that we did is they would go, um, well on weekends we would go to Joshua Tree and climb and I have such wow. fond memories of that and probably not the safest some of the time, <laughs> um, but just some amazing memories. And um, and also I think back on that, I'm like, also, man, the different like muscle coordination skills that I learned from that, totally amazing. And um, yeah. trust, like being able to trust my dad as we're climbing and he's like, okay, you can do it. Um, so that's one of the memories that like immediately popped into my head. Wow. We've never been, but it's one of my brother's favorite places. He loves Joshua Tree, so we'll have to come. Maybe we'll meet up there. Have you ever said what your favorite one is? Do you ever answer Yeah, someone actually asked me one time, and I have really fond memories when I was a kid that our church did these father-daughter canoe trips, and they didn't do them every year. It was just maybe for like a couple years in a row. And you would canoe this, there's this famous river in Michigan called the Asable River. And it's just like just beautiful. It's like deep and shallow and you can swim It's sandy bottom. And it's just this really long river. And we would take these canoe trips in October, which Michigan, it is cold. I mean, it is almost snowing. So I have these pictures from being in like elementary school, late elementary school with all my friends from church and everyone's dads. We would be in our coats, like our winter coats and you would canoe. And you had these bag of snacks. And I mean, I think they were maybe 24 hours. You know, it's a Friday night to say, I don't even know they were short. But I just really 
love those. It's that focused time, kind of like what you and I were talking about, that focused time, big sensory experience, unique, and something that really sticks out. So I just loved, I mean, I loved a lot of it. We had a, a one-mile path to our elementary school growing up. And so there was a kind of like this loop you could go. So I'd walk with my mom a lot. We'd take that two-mile walk or I'd bike it and just a lot of simple things. But um, mm-hmm. they sure do stand out, don't they? Yeah, they do. My mom mm-hmm. always says like the things she always that I was amazed. I'm always amazed the things y'all remember, the things that I made this big plan. And I, you know, was like, they're for sure. This is going to be the best memory and whatever. She's like, a lot of times that's not what you remembered. And it's the stuff that was just the everyday stuff. Hmm. that I didn't think this is going to be that impactful. Those are the things that you walk away and wow. you kids talk about now. So yeah. Wow. That's so, so cool. Great. Second generation homeschooler. That's awesome. There, this has been fantastic. I sure yeah, hope that we get to meet in person it. someday. And I bet we're going to talk again soon, maybe here on this podcast, because you have so much to offer. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 